Matt Will. No L's, just sevens. This is the bliss, licking they lips, Twitter with this, minimal risk, finity shifts, ribbon off rip, quick in the hits, first on the list, this, mad will, going crazy on the daily, dropping facts like a shower in the world of rain and entertainment, yeah, another day, another pod, all these thoughts are up facade, so I had to ask him what he got, said he got a lot, said he got a lot of what, got a lot of shifts, and it's time for the daily blitz. Good morning, everybody. It is Monday, Manic Monday, November 15th. Hope you had a wonderful weekend and a profitable week 10. We know you did. If you're rocking and rolling with the Daily Blitz football pod crew, how are you doing? It's your host, the Monday through Thursday host, Big Johnny. John Legaza at MLB Moving AVG. Type in NFL Moving Averages into your Blue Bird Twitter machine. If you want to get it, the true host ship, follow up my buddy, your friend, and the man of the hour. Mr. Matt Williams at M-A-T-T-W-I-7-7-I-A-M-S. Thank you, everybody. It's another week. Let's go round and round and round we go. Monday, you get the look back at the weekend to see how we did. Transparency, ever so important. Keeping a log of your progress, man. Ever so important. If you're ever going to turn this love of sports into a secondary or even perhaps a primary source of income. So let's get down and do that. The review of week 10. Starting off in the DraftKings board, I had a single golden bullet into that big Millie, and I did pretty well. Dropped a 167. That was good for 100 bucks. Josh Allen and Jonathan Taylor didn't hurt. Stuck in the cheapos. Dearness Johnson and Mark Ingram had C.D. Lamb going up against Atlanta. Missed on Tyler Lockett. That really kept me out of some serious cash. He only had four points. Had Judy out of the slot against Philly. A bit disappointing. We'll get into that performance a bit. Had my boy Dan Arnold with the massive tight end usage dropped the 14 really can't complain at the price and the panthers d so there's your 166 good for 100 bucks in the milli over to the betting side man it was a very 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 rough start you could keep saying very as long as you want it might not encapsulate just how poorly the day started if you're not familiar with my work i put out four money line dogs every single week with just a quick system on how to play it i play one unit each one tenth of a unit on the parlay, one-tenth of a unit on the the against-the-spread parlay, and then one-tenth of a unit on the reverse parlay in case I go 0 for 4. I eliminate that minus 4 unit loss, pick back up a little bit. It's not a tremendous hit because they're favorites. This week, underdogs were the Atlanta Falcons, who got decimated and the Cleveland Browns who got decimated so going into the four o'clock slate we were 0 and 2 with about a 900 point differential things were looking pretty sour I was getting ready to break out the red pen for the first time this season that's right everybody it's timestamp verified we were nine profitable weeks of nine coming into the season and somehow walking out of it it's 10 for 10 ding 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 Minnesota takes care of business at plus 155 and then the big one my strongest feeling of the entire afternoon was Carolina plus 280 I ended up parlaying that with some Packers and some Phillies I was able to hedge at nighttime if you were following along on Twitter I had a really nice weekend and I think the lesson there for people in betting is I can go two for two and be profitable can you see that about your own system and then uh, uh, I was really 
tormenting over that fourth pick. I actually had some real computer issues. I also tweeted out a picture of my monitor exploding. I actually missed my Sunday live show. It was awful. So as I was tormenting, I tweeted out that I also had the Saints, the Raiders, and the Lions in that last spot with Cleveland. They all lost. The Saints put up a fight. Vegas really did not. Detroit tied. That would have been awesome because that push would have saved us a unit. But that's how we did in week 10 letting the good times roll of course you're coming here for the context and the nuance this weekly show during the week i should say are just brief quick hitters to stay sharp monday we do the review tuesday is the full 32 team injury report plus the subsequent waiver wire moves wednesday is first look at the betting board thursday are DraftKings bargains and thursday night football preview and then friday me and my buddy matt will be back in the chair doing the goose and maverick thing bringing you the top gun breakdown everything you could stomach for a single week of football looking forward to that show make sure you make some time for it i actually like to listen back go do some errands i offer to go do some stuff you know either with my kids or for my wife bring the earbud knock out a little bit of work let's dive into yesterday's action again just briefly to get an idea of what went down first up buffalo bills go into new york to beat up on my jets 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 let's just do the big stories here i think the cinderella story from mike white got a bit exposed he was 24 of 44 he threw four interceptions that pass game is just a disaster and you know captain Checkdown did his thing targeted his backs i don't know 14 15 times really just got to get away from the Jets, something I've been talking about. Flip side, Buffalo Bills. Josh Allen had the Superman game, 366 through the air. Tack on that ceiling game for Diggs. We were all waiting for 13 targets. He had eight catches for 162 and one. Yummy, yummy, yummy. The Buffalo backfield continued to be a mystery. Singletary, seven for 43 and one. Moss played seven for 27 and one. And then, of course, Matt Breida got some action, three for 28 and one. He fumbled, but also had a receiving touchdown. That Buffalo offense is the nut hand. Those points were late. Bills got to be right up there with the Rams for most complete team in the NFL. Next up, Buccaneers in Washington. I I know people are not going to believe me, but I hope my honesty will ring true here. I was all over Washington for the entire week when I heard that the Bucs would be missing another one of their major weapons. However, Godman decided to play. I backed off it. Washington took care of it anyway. Buccaneers starting to get me a little bit worried. Brady was okay, but the yards just not there. 220, he had two picks. At least one of those was not his fault. They struggled to get anything going on the ground through the run game that Washington defense is starting to improve people know they were good coming in in particular that front seven is excellent they get the job done get pressure push the QB off their spots this is what you're going to see Bucks, I think, will bounce back as their pieces come back. Brown, they're still missing Gronk. Godwin played, got the full load. Seven catches, eight targets, only 57 yards. Again, Washington, I didn't get to this replay yet. Washington probably played him deep, forced him up, and let the front seven take care of business. Washington upsets the Buccaneers with a 10-point win at home. Brighter things on the horizon for Washington probably seem to be said for the Bucks. Next up, my gigantic miss. The Falcons got cattywomped, you know, in Dallas by the Cowboys. 43 to 3 yeah I did think Dallas would come back with Dak having weak but I didn't see this coming he went for 296 and 2 only 31 attempts Dallas really up early and it was really kind of tough Dak threw a ball that should have been picked right off the bat to the Falcons that's the kind of thing we're looking for with our underdog plays Falcons dropped it had another close one on that same opening drive 
Again, didn't get it done. Cowboys end up in the end zone. Falcon offense looked pretty whack, man. They're just missing everybody. Missing Ridley is starting to hurt him. Matt Ryan was 9 for 21, 117, no touchdowns, two picks. I think another one went to Diggs, man. He's just putting on a display. I think that made picks. Big story here. Corderell Patterson went down. That's the end of the Falcons offense. They were hanging on by a thread with him. Now I think that thread has snapped. Kyle Pitts, 4 for 7, 60 yards. He'll continue to be a focus of the pass game. Zacchaeus kind of stepped up. He had 7 targets, only caught 2 of 22, but again, those passes going to have to go somewhere. No other Falcon receiver had more than 2 targets. Wayne Gallman did have 17 looks. You're going to have to queue him up as a discount play going forward, and maybe if that rush prop really comes in low, something we're going to look for. He had 15 attempts for 55 yards. Falcons, not as bad as we saw. Cowboys getting back to being one of those top 1A teams. Big miss by me. Thought with the eight points, we'd at least maybe get the against the spread. Maybe get lucky keeping it close. Falcons offense has been better as of late. No such luck. Next up was on my list of ancillary picks, right? That outer layer, that outer shell. New Orleans goes into Tennessee and loses 23-21. to Really ugly on both sides. Trevor Simeon completed less than 60% of his passes, but did almost get to 300 yards, two scores, no interceptions. I did the donkey thing and ran out Mark Ingram. Listen, he's a full-load guy. He looks really good, and he catches the ball, which he did plenty of. Seven targets, four catches for Ingram, 61 yards, tacked on another 47 on the ground with a score. Other than that, this Saints passing game is a bit of a disaster. Adam Trout popping up in that target report. Six targets, he pulled down five of them, only 32 yards, but in the tight end game, that eight points will pretty much make you a back end. Tight end one, keep an eye on Troutman going forward. Other than that, really not much to speak of with this Saints offense. They are in desperate need of an impact player other side titans got to give it up Tannehill looked sharp he had the run game going as well near the goal line ran one in from short he was over 70 percent completion 19 of 27 only 213 yards they were working closer to the line of scrimmage you know that Saints defense is tough man AJ Brown was just getting the treatment he didn't really do much of anything targeted only four times only one grab for 16 yards Johnson was the big story there caught five of six for 100 yards Swain was targeted five to four for 26. Really not much there. Other than maybe Deontay Foreman to me, I think he secured his role as the lead back. These Titans really struggling to run the ball. We've got to have something, man, in the mid-20 carries, and they probably only had 65 yards total on the ground. So I think Foreman will be the guy going forward. He led the team in carries at 11, even though it was only 30 yards, but he did then catch two balls for 48. He showed a little bit of giddy-up. One of the better players on that offense, especially in the backfield for the Titans, they're going to have to find a way to scheme A.J. Brown in. They did win. The defensive line played up, but this Saints offense is just not that impressive when you're missing Kamara and everyone else. Titans should have won this one going away. I have my eye on them. I'm really not a believer in that eight. Next up, Jacksonville goes to Indianapolis, and after the first quarter, that's kind of what I thought we'd be getting. The Colts 17-6, and I thought we were on our way to the extreme blowout. I really took my eye off this, to be honest. I'm looking forward to watching it back. The Colts, like I said, they're just doing the things that you thought they do. The totals kind of plateaued midway through the game. Maybe that Jacksonville defense is starting to come alive. Colts started off really hot. Jonathan Taylor doing the thing. He's the RB1 right now. 21 attempts on the ground for a buck 16. He was also the target leader, reeled in six of eight 
only 10 yards, but those points count. I have been off of Pittman in the games where I think the Colts are going to be way ahead. They tend to use him less. We saw that. He was efficient, caught 5 of 5 for 71, but I think two of those grabs were on the first drive, and then again, I'm telling you, if you track Pittman's success this year, it seems to be pretty much in line with game script. The Colts, dope offensive line, and the ability to run on everybody. Not going to be taking those risks. Wentz, really not that kind of guy. 22 of 34 for only a buck 80. No scores, no picks. This one was super vanilla. Other side, Jacksonville, Trevor Lawrence, 16 of 35, 46% of his passes, only a buck 62. The young man has looked really poor, I understand, though I've still been one of his biggest defenders. When you watch those games, it's generally the offensive line letting him down, then his receivers letting him down. He doesn't have receivers to rely on that squad, that wide receiver room coming into the season we thought would be awesome has not. Dan Arnold is the shining star there right now. Favorite target. He reeled in 5 of 7 for 67 for a tight end. That's phenomenal. You know he end zone any week. You gotta roll out Arnold as a T1 without question every week. Target leader believe it or not was Visca Chenault but he only reeled in 3 of 8 for 15 yards. Marvin Jones 2 of 6 for 35. It's a real struggle in Jacksonville and as much as I like underdogs don't expect me to back them anytime soon unless that tape really reveals a defensive turnaround which I think we're seeing but you still got to put some points up on the board maybe with Robinson coming back in weeks the Jaguars have a chance of being competitive next up Lions go to Pittsburgh Uh, I thought the Lions had a chance to win this one before the bad news some reason I got away from it after the bad news this one ended up a stone cold tie it really gross i think the notes here were rudolph they let him throw 50 times he threw fifth times 30 completions for 232 one and one and you know Najee harris touching the ball a million times he had 30 touches went over 100 on the ground tacked on four for 28 through the air something i talk about all the time with new quarterbacks is the search for continuity the search for chemistry and i find it's the best way to find edge with a quarterback change most people believe that the target share will replicate the depth chart or the way that we see fantasy rank it doesn't work that way Deontay Johnson got his 13 looks went 7 for 83 but the story here Ray Ray McLeod 12 targets reeled in 9 of 63 do I think Ray McLeod the third is a wide receiver one going forward no but heading into bye weeks and all these injuries he's a guy you have to circle in case something is wrong with Ben see a sustained outage. I like to just add those guys to the bottom of my waiver priority lists in case I come up empty-handed in the other departments to get a guy like McLeod on the cheap who could be a target hog. We know the Steelers focus in on a few players and then really won't get away from him. Other thing I wanted to mention was Fryermuth. He also had nine targets, five for 31. He brought him back, running roots, less Fryermuth on the field. But when he's on the field, he's getting the ball. I think you keep moving forward with him. What can we say about the Lions offense except Jared Goff is terrible. 14 of 25 for 114. That should be a line from the first half, not a complete game. They're an embarrassing offense they need to get away from him. The big story is DeAndre Swift, man. Oh my goodness. 33 carries for 130 without Jamal Williams. Bell cow back alert. Also tacked on three catches on six targets. Only five yards, but we know if you get Swift the ball in space, he can do work. Raymond 
Hammond and Amon St. Brown also had six targets, each hauled in four catches. No one going over 60 yards. Again, line off is pretty. Next up was my next big miss when Cleveland went into New England. And yike, wow. I ended up going with the Browns. I told you they were on the bubble for my fourth pick. I ended up on the Browns because of the line play on both sides. We saw them look pretty good on offense. Dearness Johnson really carrying that load. He's a superstar in this team without Chubb playing 19 carries for 99 also led the team in targets reeled in 7 of 8 for 58 Johnson is a legit RB1 without those other guys but Mayfield looked bad and then he got hurt Keenum came in and he looked bad they're lacking dynamic playmakers on offense Landry's a possession guy Hooper's a possession guy Genjoku is a possession guy Peoples Jones you could target late but he's not really going to work the intermediate find holes in the zone and be a guy that you rely on volume to make plays I think he's more of a streak X fly route kind of guy right now. Don't want to knock him. Think the career will be bright. But a player like that also needs the right quarterback that you're not getting in Cleveland. So I think I'm going to be getting away from the Browns in the time being. They came out the box and it really wasn't that bad. I think New England might have went up first. The Browns came right down and scored or vice versa. Either way, it was 7-7 early and I thought we'd have a game. And then it kind of just, you know, it kind of ended there. Yeah, the Browns did go up first. New England came right back and answered and then it just got ugly from there a lot of people if you played Ramondre Stevenson you were rewarded 20 carries he went for 100 yards with two scores also led the team in targets he'll hold in four or five for 14 yards big story for the New England side if you're paying attention besides Jacoby Myers getting the first lifetime touchdown was Kendrick Bourne looking pretty dangerous went four for 98 and a score but he also had three rushes 43 so maybe when there's questions in the backfield outside of Stevenson you're gonna have to look at Bourne on Another guy that may be worth circling in the waiver show. We'll talk about that tomorrow. Anyway, enough of that loss. The Browns got decimated. And without the quarterback and all those missing pieces, that might have been the straw that broke the camel's back. Mac Jones looks awesome. If you were following my work all season, I've been saying I thought he was the best rookie quarterback in the class. The poise is unmatched right now. And now they're letting him throw deep. People are kind of jocking a few of those throws. I thought he put guys up in a spot to get crushed. But hey, Bourne came down with that one in the end zone in double coverage that's funny to me that's a result based wow because if that one gets tipped or picked you say what were you doing so again i like to watch all these by the time we get to the friday show i'll have seen every game in a bit more on the patriots but you definitely get with the patriots going forward next up another money long dog win vikings beat the chargers 27 10 with dalvin cook back he's the bell cow again 24 carries went for 91 and the score also had five targets caught three of those jefferson getting the lion's share nine of 11 for a buck 43 charge have injuries in the secondary they've been vulnerable where you're gonna have to keep getting at them which really hurts them because they're playing this coverage allowing running and catching underneath the idea being stopping the big play but when your secondary is down the opposition is getting a bit of everything the charges i love so much right now either gotta get healthy or gotta get better herbert struggled 20 of 34 that's sub 60 percent for less than 200 through a td and a pick they were not effective running the ball vikings have been much improved as of late eckler 11 44 not very good no one else did much of anything Allen did get peppered again Keenan Allen of 11 for 98 just missing the bonus Mike Williams I thought that would be the deep play threat there he's been getting attention and maybe that connection's not there I'm gonna have a close eye on that during the watchback Williams four catches but only 33 yards really not what you expect in eight yard average 
Outside of that, no one really did anything. Eckler did tackle a receiving touchdown. Chargers really got to get it going. I think the talent is there, but a lot of that was predicated on the defense getting big stops. Now they're not getting them. Next up, Carolina Panthers go into Arizona. I was so sure of this. Well, sure as you could be for a underdog. I could not wrap my mind around the line. The Cardinals are decimated with injury. Colt McCoy is a lifetime backup. James Conner is good, but now you had the week to prepare, and they were missing everybody. Hopkins, everybody was missing from this Cardinals team. They should not have been a you know minus 400 favorite or whatever it was. I know I got the Panthers at plus 300. Panthers went in and stomped them. My bet was based on the defense. Panthers hold the Cardinals to 10 points. Again, nothing of note on the Cardinal offense. That team is destroyed. Conner was a huge letdown, a big fade for me. DFS. He went 10 for 39, did fall into the end zone. He's an absolute magnet. PJ Walker was serviceable, 22 of 29 for 167, did throw a pick. Cam Newton makes an appearance, and of course, he did work. He had one passing touchdown, one rushing touchdown. I got to see that. I guess it was just goal line work. He was three of four for eight yards through the air, three for 14 and a score on the ground. The big story here, I could not believe people were fading a healthy Christian McCaffrey. Wish I would have stuffed him into that lineup. 13 of 95 on the ground, 10 for 66 through the air, 23 touches for, what, 150-some-odd yards. Christian McCaffrey was basically the quarterback of that. was my understanding coming in. P.J. Walker, who he thought might run, didn't do any of that. Only three attempts for six yards. He did fumble. So, Carolina, not great going forward, but that Panthers defense is good. I've been on them all year. We saw a bit of a low. I bought that dip. They've looked very good as of late. Philadelphia went into Denver. I did like Philly. I wasn't loving how close the line was. Philly goes into Denver and gets it done. Jalen Hurt, 16 of 23 for only a buck 78. Did throw two scores, but a pick also had 53 yards on the ground. What he does best. Spread out the ball a bunch. No one had more than six targets. Devonta Smith leading the way big time. The boy is back. Looking phenomenal. Four of six. Two scores is the favorite target outside of Dallas Goddard who when you watch those Eagles game no he's the A1 he got hurt and he left I'm not exactly sure when it happened sorry but again that's my honesty he was two of two for 28 gotta be curious to see if it happened early if it happened late gotta keep an eye on that status Goddard is part of that engine that makes the machine go but outside of that it's Devontae Smith all week every week right now Eagles really need it they did the same thing with the back field you're getting Howard 12 times Scott 11 times but both went over 80 yards that's a better than six and a half average against those Broncos who are good Hurts is what makes that happen all those ball fakes play action moves RPO potential keeps the defense guessing Hurts and this new Eagles run game is good think we got to get behind the Eagles if they start coming in as dogs because the defense especially front has played really well Broncos on offense didn't do much of anything Bridgewater 22 of 36 for 226 no picks no scores my man Jerry Judy that I keyed up led the way in targets with nine six of nine for 48 Noah Fant is back tight end one five of six of 59 outside of that Patrick did get six targets much there last big mention of note is Cortland Sutton I, tough to get behind him now the guy we thought could be a WR1 now seems to be relegated a bit down the depth chart there only two of three 29 not what you'd expect when you're down multiple scores his style of play just doesn't really mesh as much with Bridgewater is my guess Broncos on the downswing Seattle goes into Green Bay I can't believe I ended up with Tyler Lockett on that I guess I assumed the Packers would go way up and that Russell 
Lockett connection could come through, trying to get a little different at 4 p.m. I was wrong on Lockett. I was right on the Packers. Aaron Rodgers came back, doing his thing. 23 of 37, 292, no touchdowns, but he did throw a pick. They ran through Dylan Close, 21 attempts for 66 yards. He had two touchdowns on the ground. Also, 62 yards receiving. Aaron Jones goes down in this one after seven attempts for 25. Also caught four balls. So Packers were getting away from that Seattle front four, swinging the ball out. Devontae Adams, seven for 11, 78. Expect him to be soaking up all the targets going forward. Keep your eye on A.J. Dillon. If Jones is out, he has the potential to be a legit RB1, particularly with the potential for use through the pass game. Valdez Scantling back, had his one catch for, you guessed it, 41 yards. Seattle, I don't want to be overreactive to this. Wilson threw the ball 40 times for only a buck 61. Did throw two picks. They're suffering without Carson. They don't have a run game of note. And on the pass game, the Packers have just really played very good defense. Looking forward to watching them back as well. Gerald Everett led the way. Caught 8 of 8 for 63. Another guy who could be out there on the waiver wire if Goddard is down. Keep an eye on him. Outside of that, Metcalf and Lockage had 8, but the inefficiency just rained through. Metcalf 3 for 26. Lock it two for 23. Each on eight looks. I expect those both to improve immensely as that continuity I mentioned, as Russell's finger begins to feel better. Of course, he did the Superman healing job. He might have been back too fast. Last game was the night game. Chiefs get the get right game going on. Raiders looked pretty whack. They struggled to do anything on the ground. Jacob 7 for 16. Drake 4 for 16. Not going to get it done. You need a little bit of balance. Even with that pretty good Raiders pass game, Carr goes 25 for 35, 262 and 2. He does throw a pick. Hunter Renfro continues to establish himself as what looks like the WR1 in that offense. Led the team in looks and receptions, but only 46 yards. They were kind of close to the line of scrimmage. Brian Edwards had the big game. Caught three balls for 88 and 1. Speaking of big games, how about those Chiefs? Mahomes with 50 attempts goes over 400 with five scores. Darrell Williams catches nine of nine, goes over 100 score. Kelsey, eight of 10, a buck 19. And Tariq Hill, seven of 10, 83 and two. Pringle tacks on a touchdown as well. Is this the Chief statement game on primetime beating up on the division rivals? It just may be. I was not the analyst knocking the Chiefs. All the input stats were awesome. They're efficient, holding the ball, passes at a high rate, depth of target. Everything you wanted to see was there. I always thought they need to run a little bit. They didn't do much of that. Williams went 11 for 43. Gore, 6 for 19. McKinnon, 3 for 26. So they were able to do it without the run game. They got ahead early and kept the foot on the throat of those Raiders. So there you have it, everybody. The fastest 28 minutes in the NFL. Absolute anywhere. There's your quick look back in case you missed any of those games or missing any of the fantasy implications in the box scores. Now you have a good idea of all the numbers that went into the machine yesterday. We'll be back tomorrow, bright and early, here on the Daily Blitz Football Pod. Rate, review, and subscribe. I get up really, really early and work really, really hard to bring you this podcast, and it doesn't cost you a thing. So if you got 5, 8, even 11 seconds, please get down, rate, review, and subscribe in the algorithmic world that we live in. It's the only way to tell those computers how great of a job we're doing. So from John Legaza, that's L-A-G-H-Z-Z-A, and our buddy Matt Williams at M-A-T-T-W-I-7-7-I-A-F. Hope you enjoyed the show. Hope you followed along and you've been making money with us. 10 for 10 profitable weeks. Betting the NFL is no 
accident. Remember what I always say, when you work this hard, it's a lot less like luck. The show is really running long, and I gotta get out of here. If you want, check out my Twitter feed today. I'm gonna try and do the Monday Night Football Breakdown. I promise I would keep these podcasts below a half an hour, so I'm not gonna have time to break it down. We had the big full slate with a lot of important stuff going on, but just look out for the MLB Moving AVG Twitter handle. If you're not following me up already, shame on you. I'm gonna put it out. A short breakdown of the game with some prop plays, bets, and all that good stuff. So enjoy the game. Enjoy your day. When we're done with the book, enjoy that pay. Peace.